You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Making waves. And welcome to a very special, feels like very old school, Making Waves. Going live stream with you guys on Facebook today. So welcome all you ship rockers tonight. Uh, obviously, it's a very special show tonight. But quick first, Justin and our... I'm Chatty Daddy. Nice to see y'all. Chad tonight will play the part of host and also interview, really? That's me calling you. It's just one of you guys know. Oh, that guy. Anyway, uh, so anyway, Chad will also be the interviewed, uh, along with his bandmates from Wilson. You guys know Kyle and Jason here, so welcome the uh, Dangerous Guitar Tandem. This is dance. Boom, boom. Hey, guys, it's good to see you. Well, let's do a little dance party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, we were just talking before we started this. Uh, I was telling Justin, Jesus I think Christ. that this is the first time that the yeah. two of us, the three of us, sorry, <laughs> the two of them and myself have been in a um, virtual or any room whatsoever with each other since the last show we played, right? Super cool. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're just listening, we're in you're we're in the Internet right now for yeah. sure together. So it's you're seeing this thing it. called streaming or yeah. streaming. <laughs> it's crazy. How are you guys doing? I, uh, I know that there's a lot of changes that's been happening to all of our lives, but I literally I don't think I've seen you guys faces in at least a couple months on both sides. How are you doing, Kyle? Me? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for asking, Chad. How um, was your child? It's sleeping. My child is still alive. I've managed to make it this far, which is from September 27th to now. So I'd say that's longer than I expected. Way longer than I expected. You're doing great, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so far, so good. She's even, yeah. uh, she's pretty fat too. So she eats a lot. Dang. Uh, just like Kyle. Hungry, hungry Landry. Hungry loves to eat. Yeah. <laughs> loves to sleep. She sleeps 12 hours through the night. I'm lucky enough to sleep. Pretty good. Man. So those I are like absolutely you qualities too, like sleeping easily, eating yeah. all the time and probably she loves, super cute. She loves guitar. So she's already there. Uh -huh. She's good. That's great. Yeah, How about you, Jason? How's your kid? <laughs> By my three animal kids. Which the yeah. naked ones or the? <clears throat> yeah, I got, the, I got the two naked kids that they're always naked. And then I got the uh, furry, furry kid. Yeah, I mean, dude, life's life's good. It's been busy. Um, just try, I have a obviously project with Kyle, and then uh, that project with Dylan, and then uh, I have my brand I've been running. So doing uh trying to do a bunch of different shit. 
and keeping things uh, fun and interesting, you know, especially during these times. <laughs> yeah, there's only two people I think that I that in my my sphere of the world that I could call on being the most busy during these periods of times is definitely you two. For, from having a, a child and starting new projects and uh, opening new brands and new versions of your you know, each other's lives, working in solar energy. Uh, the majority of us have been uh, making podcasts. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, cool to, it's cool to see it all go down. I'm not going to take up a but I just wanted to say hi because I haven't seen you guys in a little bit. And uh, I'm going to let Justin do Justin things now. All right, guys. Sorry for the interruption there on the uh, the other computer. Listen, uh, real quick, guys out there. In, I'm just joking. Oh yeah. Uh, everybody out there in, in, in Facebook land tonight. Obviously, uh, we're back to doing this live stream. So send us any questions you have for the guys, uh, and we'll definitely get to those. And also, guys, tonight is really a special night for uh, the guys in Wilson. Uh, you know, James and Matt, they're doing their things, but to have uh, you know Kyle and Jason here is, is fantastic. Was it? No, I said James. James and Matt, right? Yeah. Yeah, Pooey. Pooey okay. and James are the other two. There we go. Yeah, got you. Um, anyway, guys, we're here to kind of, as a precursor to the celebration of uh, the swan song from Wilson, uh, Thank You, Good Night Live, which will be coming out uh, January 29th, uh, I believe. And then also, guys, if you guys are seriously interested in it, and why wouldn't you be, uh, pre-orders will start on the 19th, uh, so next Tuesday. The nineteenth, you can start putting in your pre-order for the album. Is it a is it a, is it an album, vinyl, CD? What is it? We're gonna have a couple of things. Uh, we're not gonna have any physical copies uh, because it's two thousand and twenty-one. Unless, of course, there's demand for them, and which means yeah. that like more people buy it digitally. <laughs> that okay, would, that would assume that they would want physical copies. But we are doing it digitally, and we're gonna have some bundles that'll go up uh, at the pre-order. Uh, some picture um, like commemorative sets that'll go along with the digital download and stuff. Okay, and guys, if you want to check out what to expect, uh, Dump Truck is now available for you to, uh, you can probably get this on all your streaming services, guys, is that yeah. correct? Okay. Yeah. yeah. A little precursor, what you're going to get is a, uh, a full evening, and guys, this is recorded, uh, I believe, your last shows in Detroit uh, back in December of 2019. Right. There yes. you go. All right. <laughs> so guys, if you want to catch the Wilson Experience um, make sure and get that starting uh, the 19th. You can go ahead and pre-order that and then full release on the 29th. Um, real quick, guys, if you're new to Shiprocked or if you're new to our live stream thing here, again, just go into the uh, comment section and write your questions, your queries. If you want to say hi, we'll try to get that to the guys. Um, really, there's very few bands. Well, there's a lot of bands that are synonymous with Shiprocked. Uh, Hailstorm, Seven Dust, and Wilson. I mean... It's hard for a lot of people to even think about still uh, ship rock without Wilson as part of it somehow. Obviously, we're very lucky to have Chad as, as our host these days, so that's always the connection there. But uh, you guys are, are sorely missed as a live act and as personalities for the cruise. So uh, it's really great to have you guys here tonight. So thank you for your time. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's, a, it's an honor to be part of the ship rock podcast. I mean, it's... Uh, I've I've caught quite a few of the episodes, and what you guys are doing is pretty fucking awesome. So, thank you for having us, and I'm glad we can celebrate the uh, live album right now. Yeah, this is fantastic, and and, and really uh, interesting, obviously for me because now I get to help interview Chad, which is something we've <laughs> never done before. So I'm, I'm always <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, so let me ask this question to you three. Let me pose this to you, and this is something I have just as a music enthusiast and maybe some of our ship rockers had this question too is like since the release of the first album 
um, till the to the last one, Tasty Nasty. You guys kind of evolved your sound. Was that just something that evolves as a musician, or did you feel the need to change, or was someone getting were you guys getting restless with your initial sound, and it's kind of time to move forward? I mean, there wasn't huge leaps in like like what you got stylistically, but you know, when you got the taste of nasty, obviously more of a hip hop kind of influence and in some of the, the way you approach things was this something that just kind of came apart naturally. Is that something you guys discussed and kind of premeditated? How'd you guys go about this? Uh, well, you guys, you guys, you guys want to take that one? Um, sure. I, I've certainly, I, certainly I mean, talked about it many times. So. I don't think it was, I mean, I don't feel that it was really premeditated is the right word because I feel like, uh, though it definitely wasn't a natural sounding evolution from album to album. Um, it was kind of just reflective of the time, I guess. And uh, like we had a lot of demos that didn't sound anything like that, but they also were very, very dark. And maybe one day, maybe we'll release some of those demos. Who knows? <laughs> but um, there was a lot of demos from that time that it didn't really end up going anywhere. Um, uh for whatever reason um and we kind of just it was it was kind of a dark time for a minute there um there's a lot going on in all of our lives um and one of the most notable things was jason was actually leaving the band around the start of when we started working on that album it was right around that time and uh we just started thinking we wanted to just do something just do it differently, you know, do mm -hmm. Wilson different um, than we had before. So we tried to keep the funness of, of, you know, what we thought we characterized um, as a band and, uh, and do it a different way. That's kind of, and yeah. uh, so it, it doesn't come out like sounding like any of our other records, mm -hmm. but, uh, comes out still sounding fun and like a totally different band, I, I suppose. <laughs> it's kind of... Yeah, I always I, like to think about it like um, we came outside in our birthday suits sort of sort of thing because the record, to me, it, 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 it captured all the parts of our band as, a, as humans, as the DNA that we are were people, as people. And as you got to know, like a, a, somebody told us, I forget who it was years ago, but they said to know Wilson was the love Wilson, you know, like if we can't win in this area, go out there and get in their homes, go play shows. Once they know who you are, they uh, attach themselves to you by whatever design. So, I mean, I know, I know for me, at least <clears throat> going through all the dark times with you guys at that very moment, not just Jason wanting to leave. And no, there was a lot back. of, a lot of things in everyone's lives going on at that time. That was just, from a band perspective, one of the most notable things that was uh, causing it a, a want for some sort of uh, a large change that needed to be made anyway. And then, you know, and it ended up ultimately, Jason didn't end up leaving really at all at any point, you know, it, it ended up um, working for all of us coming together to do this new sort of thing, kind of leave, uh, like a reinvention. Yeah, what, I don't. I don't, what, I don't think we have ever really like found out like what was the what was the moment that you had that said mm, I was joking. I'm going to do this record cycle with like what what, what was it? What changed? I mean, it was it was just starting to write the new material. You know, like I to this day I, I always tribute so much of that to Scott 
you know, our producer, Scott Stevens, you know, just, he brought so much energy and creativity to our like world that I don't think we really experienced as a band before. So when Chad and I went out there for the first time, it was like, you know, Scott comes to the door looking like a surfer dude. He's just like, Hey man, what's going on? And like, he, 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 he's already there with open arms. And like, obviously like being in Los Angeles versus, you know, Detroit, you know, I love Detroit, but you know, gray skies and cold weather, you know, it has, it has an effect on you. So mm-hmm. you're starting to write with Scott's presence. And then the idea of being in Los Angeles, it's sunny, there's palm trees, you know, like we could, we could pick limes out of his backyard and put them in our beers. And I think all, for me, having that experience in such a cool area and then experimenting with sounds that we had never experimented with. It's just, I just, it was like, it was like that, uh, it's like getting my third testicle. It's like, Oh my, it, my sack just got, like, I, mean, I remember <laughs> just, that. I just got, just got happier. Yeah. It was just, it got yeah. big and happy. And I was just like ready to, to just see what happened. And like, I mean, I, at least, you know, I, I can't say when we were writing that I was still, I was definitely still on the fence for sure about like wanting to be out but i think after the end of recording the entire record is when i really i went home and i thought about it and we had the meeting shortly after i can't remember that bar in ferndale but uh and that was when i was just like you know i have to see this through personally and as a whole i felt like it was it just didn't seem right and i hate to sound like a narcissist but i didn't seem right to not be a part of it personally so that's you know make a long story short that's why i book got me back uh pumped up to be back in the band again and see it out yeah and i think what he means by like it we had never experienced that as a band um is just on that on that level um to be that open and that creative and be able to um kind of do whatever we wanted to do um we weren't offered that opportunity necessarily like that on the middle record it didn't really transpire that way and so you know we all have a little bit of animosity towards right to rise not to say that the songs that we don't enjoy the songs on the record but that we came into the studio with most of those songs to some degree and they were kind of stripped down um uh by the whole process of things and then uh you know weren't the the songs with the creativity and, and everything that we had brought into it um you know there were reformatted to the rock format it was kind of transpired for us though it was still us writing the songs and us making the decisions it was a little more coerced throughout yeah, a whisper in the back of your ear i always ache yeah. it too i don't know if you guys ever did but i always thought like you you were going in the we went in the room as a square and they, they were like cool 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 well you got to fit through this circle right yeah so exactly. then in order so then you, you got pushed through the circle and on the other side you're in the room right that the dream is you that was our first justin that was our first uh right to rise was our first taste of like um the industry in a, in a bigger way you know where and this isn't a personal us, story this is a story so many bands could tell us, yeah. the same way <laughs> yeah some of them react differently to it to it in any yeah. any band that we've ever interviewed justin i think uh the ship rockers is uh, you should be privy to this that we all go th- there's very very few amount of uh, your heroes out there who haven't been pushed through those those holes to make it all work because the machine feeds one hand washes the other right, right. and once you're on the other side of the fence the dream is supposed to be realized but it just gets harder you know yeah. it gets harder to stay truer to what it is that your vision is because you're being drived by decimal points you know and that's a fucking awful 
business to be in sometimes when you're talking about art and commerce. Uh, so I always think of, about it, dudes, like turn around. So real quick, I turn that back around. I think about full blast fuckery and tasty nasty being the same thing, doing it the way that we wanted, even though it sonically sounds right. different. The f- mental space was always was the same. We came out with our birthday suit, take us or accept us or love us, you know, and, and that was just tasty. Nasty is a yin and a yang. You can't have one without the other because you don't know the other one without the other. It's the idea of you don't know what you don't like in life until you have something that you do like. And quite opposite, you don't know what you do like until you have something that you absolutely don't like. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, the question of uh, uh, how Tasty Nasty was such a change from the others because it's like if we would have changed the band name <laughs> and just put it put it out under is a totally different band. What would the reaction have been then to the music itself with if it with the without the connotation of Wilson's past behind it, you know? Yeah. I, I think the thing that myself, uh being a fan and you know, friend, I, I it was I wasn't what I, when Taste Ass came out, it is like Chad, you just mentioned vision. That's something I wanted to bring up. It's like you guys have throughout your career have been very adept at creating very Aside from one or two very fun, lighthearted videos, um, and I think that's a lot of things like Tasty Nasty fit into that narrative with like Baller kind of fit into the Give Them Hell and things like that where people are just like very amused. It's just a great comic. You guys, it shows the personality of the band. Uh, but the thing for me, I think, was more than the music was just the look. The denim and dark colors were gone. And it was just this bright kind of thing. It's like, man, it felt like MTV 1982 came right at me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it had a very rock feel with some with some new elements of hip hop and some other stuff going on alternative, but it had a very new wave look. So that was just it was it's one of those things because we always connect visual with the sound a lot of times. It's just who we are. Uh, but when you guys come out in like polka dots and whites and yellows and lime greens, you're like, holy shit! Even Chad's hair is like, holy shit! This is different. <laughs> You know, because yeah. I you always remember the first when you guys started out it was like I couldn't tell sometimes if it was you guys or Valiant Thor up there. <laughs> you know, so it was yeah, just it with Valiant Thor. Yeah, so but uh, so that was what I really I think a lot of it came down, uh, Kyle, to that was just basically the whole kind of package change. And if it went back to how you guys really wanted to go, because this is going to be your last studio album, then kudos to you guys for sticking for your guns and not listening to those whispers anymore. Oh. So, but it ended up working out really well because the album was was went really well for you guys, and people were very accepting. Polarizing is 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 weird because I mean you know that something's something's doing something when somebody either loves it or hates it. When there's indifference to it, it's most likely you know set to the wayside. And you know even coming back to the idea of those colors, the colors schemes and everything that was part of that, we just reinvented what Wilson was. You know, like you married this with this, but the idea of it was not. I want to say trolling, but it was to make you uncomfortable, rock guy. You know, like that was the whole point of it is like, do you like this? Cool. Uh, You don't like this? Cool. However, I'm going to be here. We're going to be in this room. (laughs) So like if you get to know us, you probably will find that there's a lot in common. And that was the goal, I think, from at least from my perspective, was there shouldn't be such a huge divide, especially uh, with the sign of the times. So, yeah, yeah. Um. So, you know, obviously the band is, is, is kind of gone separate ways and we all hope in our, our, our hearts and our minds that someday you guys will get back together and do something special. Um, but we don't know when that'll be because when it fits in your schedule. So let's talk about 
life for you guys right now? I mean, obviously, we all know what Chad's kind of up to. We we talk with him weekly, but uh, Kyle, you're you're a dad now, and you've got you're you're working in the solar business, and you are still playing though. Uh, yes, I am still playing. Okay, um, can you can time. you tell us about some of the stuff you got working on musically? Yeah, uh, sure. Musically, um, I'm actually uh, doing a project with Jason mm-hmm. uh, called Prescribed Fires, and our our buddy Drew. He was actually the original bass player of Wilson uh, before my time. Um, and uh, we haven't done anything in a minute, but I'm actually redoing Drew's pantry right now. And so we have been spitballing some ideas and we got with the three of us got together about a month ago and started working on something else. It's kind of, we, we put out four songs, um, put a lot in the way guys. I wanted to say, I don't want to interrupt, but they were great. So thank you. Thank you. We, we did put a lot into them, but what was cool about it is it was, it started right as the quarantine started actually just before it. So it's just like the timing couldn't have been better. There was a lot to write about, you know? Mm, yeah. um, so, um, you know, it, we spent, Jason and I did some back and forth. He did all the music for um, for those songs. Um, I wrote and recorded all the vocals at home and sent the tracks back to him. He mixed them in. Um, and it was a, long, a longer process than it sounds because there's just a lot of back and forth. And we just really wanted him to be, to to not one of the lyrics to actually speak to what was going on and the songs to be interesting and but overall the, what was beautiful of it was the same thing we talk about with Tasty Nasty was just the freedom of we can do whatever we want to do and put it out and I don't care who listens to it because I just get enjoyment out of sharing it with my friends and family and you know people around so we put it out there for people to listen and and people. People were listening, you know, people are listening. <laughs> we we were still putting out songs. So we said we were going to put them out and we quit putting them out. But we'll probably it put more out in the future, you know. They will listen and then they just stopped. It's weird. Kyle, like Everybody. I'm quitting right now. <laughs> no, live on Shiprock. <laughs> one day I said, bites said the wrong thing and everybody <laughs> cut ties. They were like, no, screw this. So, so where can people pick up the, the stuff you guys have done so far? Jason? I mean, just, just Spotify, Apple Music. We haven't made any physical copies or anything like that. Okay, so but just digitally. Sites, YouTube, you okay. know, whatever. Okay, guys. So, guys, again, if, and, and, and Shiprock Land, Facebook Land, that's prescribed fires. Just do a search for them in your Spotify uh, search bar, and you'll you'll come up with them and kind of hear what these guys have been up to. Uh, Jason, I kind of know what you've been up to, buddy, because I was, uh, thankfully, uh, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it early on. Yeah, and so, sure. But if you mind telling folks about you after you got your uh, after you left the band, and I think you finished up your degree, or did you finish? Did you go get your master's? Yeah, well, I, I started my master's um, about a year before the band ended, so I was pretty much taking courses throughout tours and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, literally after our last show, I or no, I think I graduated before the last show, and uh, so there was a whole ceremony, and then, yeah, it was a weird time. It was like ceremony grandmother passed away last show it was a lot of closure sure and from that i, I started coming up with this uh, idea of being fueled by the choices we make in life and I, as i know we've, we've talked about before you did one of the first interviews for us when we were doing that and uh i just the idea became so powerful with me and everything i do in my life and uh 
I just started seeing other people's other people also experiencing that, whether you're a musician, um, whether you're, you're trying to be a doctor or a professional athlete, you know, we are all fueled by the choices we make in life. So that encouraged me to actually take the brand forward. And it's been an awesome last year of just like meeting new people and like just getting the message out there. And, uh, yeah, so I'm continuing to grow that. And then uh, we're, I mean, hopefully we can do some, maybe some live events, whether it's uh, Fueled by Choice with some music, mm-hmm. tie to tie in, something that, you know, I'm very familiar with. And just collaborate with people who are doing really cool stuff and that are encouraging others to make good choices. And uh, yeah, but as, as far as music goes, I'll talk about Prescribed Fires, which I just quit. Um, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Live on the show podcast. Good luck with that, Kyle. <laughs> when you started building pantries, you can't spend time on lyrics. And yeah, I didn't call it. He didn't call you. He didn't call okay, you. Yeah. Him and Drew are building pantries, talking yeah. shit behind your back. The thing is, Jason God. wanted me to do his pantry. Drew wanted me to do his. I chose Drew over Jason. So I got it. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I mean, as, as far as music goes, I have another project called Lost for Life. Okay. Um, we're releasing a full length in uh, February and we released an EP a couple months ago. And same thing. Like we, it, it, I connected with an old buddy that was in my high school metal band and we just started writing, you know, I had, I, as Chad and Kyle know, I've always loved heavy songs. So it, I, I can create a heavy metal hardcore song in a day. And I, so I had, I had so many of them and I finally just, I sent them to my buddy Dylan and he sent vocals back and I was like, all right, well you want another one? And then it just became this, create a song kind of the same way Kyle and I were create a song, send to send to uh, Dylan to do vocals, create a song. And then one thing led to another and it kind of became, it's become more of a serious project. Um, yeah. I, I can't say too much about what's going to happen, but we just signed to um, this independent label in Germany called dead serious. So got some cool things in the works. Um, but yeah, we're releasing a full length on uh, February 19th. Okay. So anything right now, is that still, is that any stuff that right now is out on Spotify or streaming services as well? Yeah, we're dropping a new okay. single on Friday, this Friday, Friday, actually. Okay, great. So look for the, what's the single so we can have them look for it? Give Nothing. Give Nothing, available for a Lost, is it Lost for Life? I just want to get it right. Yeah, yep. Lost for Life, Give Nothing, a single available this Friday. So that'd be the, what is that, the... 15th. 16th, 15th, 15th. Um, real quick, before I get the question for Chad... I want to bring something in. Randy, one of our ship rockers, she wants to know, guys, she's going to ask. You guys can collaborate on this. If another band was to cover one of your songs, or if you wish one band would cover your song, who would it be and what song would it be? <laughs> uh, so who, what, what band? They want to know what band would you guys love to see cover one of your songs and what song would you choose for that band to cover? Hmm. I know. I'm gonna give. I'll, I'll go last though. You guys go. Actually, I can go first if you want. If you're not, if you, you guys aren't ready, go for it. A dump truck by Taylor's. Uh, <laughs> mm. uh, uh, yeah, you know who this is gonna be. So a uh, little. Uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, I would love to hear. I would love to hear um, something covered by one of the like n- new. I love this band called Noisy. Um, they're a, a, a three piece from Europe. They're new. Nobody really, they're not really been talked about, but I think they're fucking incredible. And I would love to hear them cover any one of our songs just cause I think it'd be a really rad take. They don't have a drummer. It's a, it's a singer. 
like a dude who uses a machine, like a beatbox thing and a, and a guitar player. And they make really rad like shit. And it would be cool to hear what they would do with the song of ours. Uh, I would choose probably Dump Truck or uh, maybe Fuck Up My High, though, if I were to. That'd be mine. I got one. I think I got a good one. I would love. So this is, we, we can pick any artist to cover any, any one of any, our songs. Okay. Live or, live or dead. Doesn't matter. Live or dead. A scenario thing. Yeah. I would say Rob Zombie, like a baller. <laughs> he'd probably fucking crush it too. Hey, what's like, he'd, make, he'd make it so much cooler. Like he'd be driving out on stage live, right? With all his, all his <laughs> cool props. And we'd be like, we should have done that. We should have done the props. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's a good pick. Oh, let's see. How about like if a band, like a uh, metal band like Code Orange did something mm-hmm. like I Can Beat Your Dad? That'd be pretty <laughs> badass to hear. You could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, what, what, but what, only that shirtless bass player, he got to sing it. <laughs> I was going to say, what, would it be okay if Reba sang it? Because she could probably tear it up pretty well. She could oh, tear she it up would. too. I mean, yeah. pretty, you know, stark contrast there. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, Those thank are both you. Good choices. Yeah. Randy. Uh, so, Randy, Noisy, Rob Zombie, and Code Orange would be the bands that they would like to cover their tracks. So. Thank you for that. Guys, keep bringing those questions. We, we want to look at some really – come on, you guys. You guys have known this band for going on six years now, so give us some good stuff. Uh, they want to ask us anything. I do bleach my butthole, though. So he <laughs> Yes, he does. No, I have to ask that one. Uh, guys, if you guys pay attention to uh, Making Ways, you know that Chad has a preoccupation with his, uh, his backside. So one of the things that he and I were joking about earlier, and guys, maybe you guys can tag onto this one. And all the touring you've done, the place you've gone, obviously travel a lot by bus or maybe van in the early days. Was there a certain uh, gas station that had the best latrines on tour? Cleanest, most available, uh, and supplied. Bucky's is the cleanest, best bathrooms, period, that I think I can That's like a five-star hotel, dude. Yeah, it's like taking it's like taking a shit at your grandma's house. You know what I'm saying? Like never, never doesn't smell good. Warm toilet minus the little not a a porcelain stuff. rabbits looking at you while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean probably <laughs> just but they're only they're like those little uh, gophers, right? Is that what Bucky was? That would be me. I think my best bathroom ever was there. What about you guys? I mean, it's so hard to. I, I was gonna say maybe like a sheets or like a. Uh, Right. One of those like wee wee wah wahs or whatever. I, I, it could have been one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Do you even know what a wah is? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wah-wah for people that don't know, gas stations that have food that is about the quality of fast food, which is like a step up from gas station food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So. But on the road, that's like a four or a three to a four star restaurant, like that jump right there. And they're open like yeah. twenty four hours. A lot of them. So I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah, they got motherfuckers out. in there cooking, like cooking, <laughs> like a fast food place at the gas station, and they're like fucking on point. Like I know this, and I can, I can, because it was a regular occurrence, and every band out there does the same thing. It's at three, four a.m. You just left the venue at two a.m. You got to drive six hours because your drive is ten hours. And if you don't do some of it, you're not going to make the show in the morning. So you go do gas station dinner, McDonald's yeah. gas station dinner. Pooey's asshole, which right, is right. way worse than the, those other those other two. The burrito and Pooey's shoe. You don't want to eat that. So. <laughs> and believe me, he knows how to make a burrito in his shoe. Yeah. Jason, what was the name of that? 
Hyvee, that Hyvee was that is that uh, grocery store, right? That we. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we we graduated to grocery stores towards the end. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not about gas stations. It's about stopping at the random grocery store. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chad, uh, Lori wanted to know. Besides doing Shiprocked and and doing Crowfoot and, and booking shows, are you working on anything musically? Yeah, um, I had. I don't a know big, if we've uh, even talked about. We haven't. We haven't broached the no. subject, believe it or not. No, I had like a big plan for 2020, um, but the plan involved me being physically at pretty much 90 percent of the festivals uh, from the spring to the fall and obviously that didn't exist and what i was doing is a uh so our van that we had on our last touring cycle was a, is a ram promaster and instead of spending money on hotels because we decided we're not we're no longer going to be uh <clears throat> doing certain things for to our bodies we bought this ram promaster and built it out to have bunks inside of it like it, it was legit you know like it wasn't just like a shitty like there's a mattress on the floor they were legit bunks power solar power fan you know all this stuff uh so when we ended i i had this i had the van right and the van wasn't paid off and it was co-signed underneath my name so i'm like what the what the fuck am i going to do with this you know it's built into a touring bunk machine i'm probably not going to get the same i couldn't even get as much money as it was worth at the time uh, so I was going to lose money. So I was going to repurpose the inside, turn it into a mobile recording studio slash uh, popsicle food van truck van, and take that across uh, festivals while writing a record and and, and uh, videotaping the whole process, writing with friends at different festivals, going to different places, and just making a record throughout the course of seven months in the van, and uh, then put it out <laughs> yeah. uh, and document the whole thing and. Uh, so I wrote, I wrote preparing like little sessions for all of those moments. Uh, and um, yeah, <laughs> then it didn't, it didn't happen. And some other stuff went down and I just, my, my, I put a pause on it and we'll see what happens moving forward. But as far as writing music is concerned, I, uh, I have a ton of verses and choruses. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Hey, uh, Matthew, yes, uh, Jason does have work outside of music. He has something called Fuel by Choice. It's his brand. Check it out. It's fuelbychoice.com, right, Jace? Yeah. Yeah, fuelbychoice.com. Go check it out, uh, Matt and everybody else there. It's seriously inspirational. You see people from all different walks of, of careers and life talking about the things that uh, help inspire them and the choices they've made to get where they're at in life. So it's, it's really interesting, inspiring stuff, and we kind of need it right now. So, Jason, big ups for doing that, brother. Really appreciate, we'll appreciate that. It. So let's yeah. talk about the uh, the album coming out here soon, guys. Let me ask you a question. You guys knew it was going to be your last shows, and you're going to be recording. Is there a different kind of energy? You mean was there was there a different kind of energy? Yeah, yeah was there a different kind of like energy? Like was there like I'm we're gonna we're gonna go? I mean, I know you guys always go all in during your shows, but was there something else? Like there's another gear. In, in 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 the box in order to come out for the show and just know you had to deliver, but you couldn't be. You have to still be precise because you are recording live, right? You want to keep it sound, still have a good sound, or I don't yeah, know, fuck, yeah. fuckery about what do I know? Even remember that we were recording that live, and that's the, yeah. the truth of the matter, yeah. Justin. Is and I'll just take this one real quick, and I'll let them talk sure. about the show. The the actual recording was something that last minute I asked our front of house guy to bring a multi track unit, and I was like, probably should record this for no other reason at the time than to have it for history for us as people, you know. And then directly after the show. 
we had uh, just life happened. You know, I went to the Philippines and then my, you know, the bunch of shit happened. Obviously, these guys have things going on. I absolutely forgot. And I don't know if I even told everybody. I think I did in passing. I was like, hey, I got Ryan's going to record the show. Right. But at no way did I remember this until one day I was walking down the street from my house to get a like a coffee or something. And I got a text message from the dude who mixed the record, who was also a, a talented front of house engineer. And his name's Josh Sobek. And he did, uh, he just, just off the heels of releasing an I Prevail live record, who he does the front of house for as well. Mm-hmm. So he probably had just like some gusto in his sack. And he was like, I'll take a hit at this, this Third dump truck you. track. And he said, yeah. And then he sent it over. And I was like, what the, what the fuck is this? And he's like, I, you know, cause it came through my phone. I just listened to it yeah. while I was walking. And he's like, that's from the last show. I'm like, how do you have this? I didn't know he mixed it. I was like, wow, it sounds amazing. And how do you have this? He's like, I mixed it. I said, okay, mixed it from what? And he's like, Ryan, who record, who did our our set, sent me the files. I'm like, oh, fuck. We recorded that show, you know? And then, and then I said, you know, I was like, maybe we should put it out. And I showed it to the guys and we just decided at that moment to listen to it. And we're like, this is much bigger than like us at home showing our you know our kids or whatever like look how cool we used to be this is for the fans like the, the people who were there in that that room got the cease you could hear it in the record and yeah, you like, can hear you can hear that energy you were there yeah <laughs> and and the people who couldn't make it because it was either sold out or they just weren't they didn't live close because there's people all over the world that came in from yeah. sweden from that's what i want to talk about coming up too is the amount yeah. of people who came from i mean half of the audience was out of towners and out of the country yeah, yeah so, so there, we just had a lot of people who were like wish that they could have been there but due to capacity limits and the, the idea of it is like wow that's what this is as far as energy goes i'll let those these two dudes talk about their version of it but that's how the whole record before, before uh, they get to be. that though so this wasn't like hey we're gonna have the rolling stone mobile unit outside the building we're doing a live show tonight guys so be on point it was just like <laughs> fuck it play your show and hey well my god okay to be honest with you, we had just so much shit going on. It we were playing two sets that night. We had a set up a whole auction. We had more production than we've ever had at any show ever that we've ever played. And dealing, and we're a small camp, you know. Like there wasn't anybody on the boots to ground. We didn't have a, even a tour manager at that at that point. It was just us, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea of like remembering or even putting something bigger into place was like that was the last part of my checklist was like oh live show recorded yeah. okay hey ryan can you bring that thing cool let's go you know it wasn't yeah, okay. even thought about so, so so okay let's take that out of the equation then uh kyle and jason then uh, forget about the recording just being the last show what's the emotional level like at that point because it's you know it's hey we're last time i'm gonna last go around for us jason yeah, yeah well i i, who I just yeah i just talked to uh steve Black last week about a similar question and uh, he made an observation about how every time he saw one of us like just walking around it was you know people were wanting to have you know really focused conversations and you know you you take all those conversations that you have with each person let alone knowing that you have to play two sets and then doing the Q&A before and, and the auction and all the it's just everything swell, swelled up to that moment where it was like the energy, the energy was insane. Like it felt like it was like a little, just this fucking ball of energy that was just like right here. Mm-hmm. And it was just swelling, but it hadn't, it hadn't released yet. And then it's like, as soon as we hit the stage for the first show, it was like, just kind of <laughs> banned. And, uh, it was this huge energy release. And, uh, you know, that was just the first show. And then the second show was even, I, it was just a, 
just as crazy, if, if not crazier, because be, being back in that Pike room, Justin, I don't know if you if you know the history with that room and us. Like, I don't. That, I really don't know. Okay, so that was like when before before yeah before Chad was in the band, Wilson had played a show, and that was when I think Chad was kind of introduced to the band. And then so in I terms booked, of I booked you. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of the history of that room and us playing our last gig in that room it's just like the energy just compounding compounding and compounding it was that's how that was the best way i could describe it, just compounding energy that was just like once it it started it just didn't stop it was crazy mm-hmm. yeah seriously i'll let yeah. kyle go next but i i, I want to yeah. say something and then yeah i mean it was it was absolutely insane i saw people that night that i haven't seen in like nine years um and i saw people that i haven't seen since we were overseas uh and you know and people that i've never seen before and it was was, there was just so much going on i mean like chad said that we were so busy as well because there was so much going on so much setup and and such a small crew you know we had a couple couple of close friends helping us the whole day and aside from that it was pretty much just us setting everything up and tearing everything down at the end of the night. I mean, we didn't leave until four thirty in the morning. Um, later than that, I don't. I don't remember. It was something like that. Yeah. But you know, the emotions were high. It was. It was. It was beautiful. It was, it was amazing to see that we had affected, you know, so many people's lives too. Yeah. yeah. To the point that I, they I, I, were willing to fly across the pond to see us. I mean. No. And, and considering well, that's yeah. amazing because that's most people reserve something like that for like a big festival they're gonna get four days of big bands but the come and do for you guys i mean obviously uh, to harken back to the shiprock mentality with a lot of people there a lot first time people have been exposed to you and they kind of came to know and love you from that so i know for a lot of people who either did like i think we just did with the swedes there did they attend that show oh yeah yeah see perfect sense right there like they they found out who you were through the cruise and you kept coming on and it was just like that growing attachment. So you become such an intrinsic part of their life at that point. Yeah. So that's really, and vice versa. You know, that, I think that I can't, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I would assume that everybody's on the same page. It was a lot of anxiety. It was, I, I feel pressure a lot, like in that's just how I absorb um, moments of like um, niceties. Like I, I, I problem with me. It's always been that when somebody does or says something nice to me, I feel and a, mo- a moment of like extreme anxiety and pressure to return that uh, in some way, shape, or form. Um, and that compounding, as Jason said, feeling throughout the night as you moved from one step to the other step, and just feeling like there was a moment, you're like you feel like you're letting people down because you're you're ending your band to begin with, right? You know, there's a lot of high emotions, and then when you're not, when you find out people travel from that far, and like this thing and that thing is going on and you're not able like in your mind just like you want to give them more of your time and more of your energy because it is so special and you're not able to that's a that's a it can it can i I will say this this is what i was gonna say i'm glad and these guys know me as a human that like idle hands of the devil like i'm an i can turn really dark when i don't have anything to do right and this is something that i've worked on through this entire pandemic because i've had very little to do right you know in in, in a sense so my my ability to accept what reality is and not try to change it um for what i might see is the better version of reality um 
that is was always like a thing that I I had to go 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 push 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 push, and that moment was a, I'm so grateful in my head in my mind that there was all that shit to do. And by design, these guys know that I would have made it that busy to begin with because of uh, I'm uncomfortable sitting, right? And when you get to that stage in that moment, you realize at that 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 singular second, there's a photo that we put on this making waves. Um, promo that was the last photo that we took as a band before we went on stage and we're no longer a band right like a group photo that it wasn't us on stage doing our thing and i remember that moment and i said shit i haven't got to tell these guys all the things i wanted to say about like the times that we spend together you know and i think that that energy on the stage when I, I, I watched the videos, I saw the photos, and I edited this record. So I got to hear every one of these guys um, soloed out just their guitar track, just their vocal mic, just the kick drum, whatever. And I could fucking hear it. I could fucking hear not only how incredible these guys were as players, but I could hear the, 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 the anxiety and the passion and the moment and that entirety that they also shared that same exact feeling that I had throughout the day, whether I was next to them in the same room with them or completely separated from them. You could tell that it was everything to them just the same as it was everything to me. And clearly a lot of people in that room, it was, it's very evident on the record. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to touch on that point of anxiety. It, the, it like you're saying, the anxiety of not being, not, not, not being able to give everyone the time of the time of day, you know, cause like as Steve Black mentioned, like, we'd be walking around carrying something. It was like this person, like Kyle said, it's like, I haven't seen you in six years. And we stayed at your house on one of our first tours. And, but I have, I have to keep going. Like, it's just like yeah. that. I know that anxiety, that, that anxiety was huge. It was like a shaking anxiety. It's <laughs> bumming. It's bumming. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, if you really want to taste now that you have the story, when this album comes out and you give it a listen, uh, listen to it with different ears. Now you're going to listen to it. See if you can hear the guys going through that kind of emotional. This isn't just another night on some random tour. It's the last show they're doing together. Things left unsaid that they probably just left into the music and on stage. So listen for different ears. You can hear a different kind of emotion when you look at it that, that way. Absolutely. Um, it's very true. Speaking of live, uh, Leslie wants to know, guys, wherever you guys have played in the world, what are your favorite venues you've played? Man, brass rail. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they did have. They did have that, and pizza. Is, is that massively inside? Is that an insider? <laughs> Justin, yeah, it is. The, the brass rail. Kyle. The, yeah. the brass rail is located across the street from Poo Poo Creek. Kickapoo. Yeah. Kickapoo. What? What is it? Fill me in. What? Fill me in. What is that? It's also the uh, highest uh, herpes per capita. <laughs> Um, we know this because Kyle found it on the internet and showed it to well, us that day. <laughs> I don't know. Some girl outside that told me she recently got herpes was telling me about how, well, it's fine. Here, everybody <laughs> has it. It's the per capita. She I'm like, just got herpes. Oh. <laughs> if you don't have herpes, you can't come in. We don't serve your kind around. <laughs> so, Kyle, is that going to be your final answer on the brass rail? Is that your final answer? <laughs> That's definitely my final answer. All right, very good, Chad. Where's your been your favorite venue, man? Uh, quickly, that was a perfect answer because un unfortunately, <laughs> the best venues that we that bands ever play, they're 
very, very hard to remember. It's the worst ones that you're like, and not to say the Brass Widow was the worst venue. It was just, it was just too much, you know, like it's, it's across the street from, right actually it's pretty bad. And we played there a lot. We cut our, t I'm going to go with Brass Rail too, uh, okay. and Max Bar in Lansing. Cause that, I mean, honestly, yeah. it's probably my favorite room that we did ever play because it was when I met those guys. It was so much fucking fun every time. Too much fun. It was like, it was like imminent death when we were on that stage. And it was by design because we were fucking crazy people when we first started this band. And because there was no, there was no rules, there was no boundaries. It was so fresh and so young and bleeding on stage and hurting ourselves and bringing a bass drum and watching Jason get on top of fucking our old bass players' um, shoulders and rip solos and chugging beer with each other and throwing shit at Pooey. Like, it's a 200 cap room in Lansing. It has literally no door to the bathroom, I don't think. And the and the green room is down in the basement and it's on, you sit on top of a case of beer. That's what <laughs> happens there, you know? And the people who come to the room, they're like, the, there's no ceiling because the ceiling, suppose a drop, well, there's a ceiling, but the drop ceiling mm -hmm. is removed so that they can actually sit lights in there to point at the stage <laughs> and people are like they just look yeah they just look at it as like a, a reason to throw their fists into the ceiling and break it i can't even describe to you how many crazy things happened in that room when we played um it, that's just another version of the brass rail but it's our brass rail you know well, it's certainly the good thing about the small cap shows is that if you get the energy going it's got nowhere to go but just come at you so fast Right. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it gets lost in an arena or a festival. That energy, that connection. Yeah. But when you, no, you look at a broken thing, and you're like, it can't get worse than this. So let's fuck it up. You know. That's yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so how about you, Jason? <laughs> um, I, I, it's funny. I was gonna say Max Bar. I was trying oh, to think shit, of like, I, I was trying to think of like three different tier kind of venues. You know, like obviously yeah. like Max Bar, and then uh, I, I one of the venues I can't get out of my head that's just was so it reminds me of being like a spaceship. Is that I think it's the Sylvie in Madison. Yeah, yeah. If that venue is. I mean, there is you can play arcade basketball in the green rooms. You know, it's like it's it's insane. That and, place is amazing. That was so yeah. cool. But it, the well, you know, in London. I was going to say oh, the Sylvie kind of reminds me of the European venues that we would play. Mm, yeah. I was yeah. trying to think of one of those, but I, you know. Well, I can't remember the name. What was the name of, uh, uh, oh, geez. All right. When we were all the way up, uh, what was the furthest north we went? Loch Ness? Um, uh, Scotland. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> in, uh, what, where in Scotland? Uh, it starts with an I, I think. Inverness. Yeah, Inverness. Yes. Thank you. That's it. Yeah, I could blank it. So Inverness, we had the most amazing thing happen. I mean, we had no idea when we booked these shows in the UK. We booked them last minute first off because we Hailstorm offered the, us the opportunity to tour with them in Europe. And to make it worthwhile for us, we had to also um, put some shows together in the UK to, you know, to make enough money to afford the whole trip, you know. So we put these shows together, had no idea. Some of them were total flops that were just promoter drop drops, you know, it was like this DIY guy that didn't know even some American bands coming over, you know? Yeah. Didn't, yeah. So Inverness, small basement in Inverness, small little corner uh, stage, um, terrible power, buzzing coming from these amps like hell, like with – yeah, secure power conditioners and everything um and 
200 people showed up to fill that place out and were chanting Detroit, Michigan in between the songs. It's just like yeah. the moments like that that are just like bone chilling, you know, that your hair stands up when you, yeah. something like that happens. It's like, you don't expect, you don't know who's going to show up. It could be five people. Yeah. And it was, not their, it was their max up, bar too. Words. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool to hear, you know, stuff like that. The universal language of music right there. Did you mention oh, the roundhouse earlier? Did you guys play that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Jesus, that's like playing Royal Albert Hall. That's got that's some kudos to play that that room. That's great. Who, you thank guys you, just thank you, you guys, thank you, Hailstorm. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, I was like, were you guys headlining? I was like, you. yeah, we're pretty big deal over there, bro. <laughs> we're so there. Hey, man, it's a conversation we have all the time, dude. Some bands translate much different over there than they do here. So, I, hell, I don't know. I figured, you know, it would. To be honest stop. with you, you're, you're right. We sold more tickets on that tour as a headliner than we did in any state tour at that period of time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, true. we were I mean, shocked like by the response over there. You know, yeah, we didn't yeah. know that there was, we had, that people cared. You know? shows. Yeah, there are yeah. people cared out there. Yeah. Know? So now the inevitable question. Uh, and we'll let, uh, I'm going to let Lauren, one of our people, our shiprockers, answer it. Uh, favorite year of shiprock for you guys? Year one. Sorry. Yeah. 2014. <laughs> All right. yeah. Our first year, uh, 2014. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, you can't comprehend year one. You know, like if you're a band going on shiprock for the first time, especially at that stage of our band when we were like, you know, we were like jets that we, we were party animals and like that ship was a calling and, <laughs> was like, and I'm sure many, yeah, I'm sure many people know the story of the last day when we thought Pooey was literally dead. I, sh <laughs> I shared a room with him and like, I, I was pushing him, I was pulling him and like, we had, we didn't, we didn't listen to the rules of like, you know, like when you, when you uh, get off the ship, how you have to mm -hmm. put your bag somewhere and. Yeah. We didn't do any of that. And here's Pooey. We have 10 minutes to get off the ship. <laughs> I'm like trying to just put, you know, turn the lights on, scream at him. I'm like, hit him. And he just wouldn't get up. It was the weirdest thing ever. But so yeah. weird. We, we had to pick him up, didn't we? We had to pick him up and like yeah. literally drop the dude because like it, 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 we came to Jason's room because it was the last room that, you know, I think everybody met at one of our rooms. And, uh, and they were like, where's Jason and, and Pooey? They're like, uh, probably at their room. Let's go down there. And we get there. And Jason's like, I think he's fucking dead. <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah. What? That's the first thing he said. We're like, what? Yeah. yeah. And then we were like, wake up, wake up, wake up. I'm not this motherfucking time, brother. And then we picked his ass up and dropped him. And it was like, what? I thought I got bit by one of those uh, brown recluse spiders because I had this super, I don't know if you guys remember, I had this super bad burn in my lower back no. and it bubbled oh, up. Yeah. And oh, the I next morning, yeah, the next morning, because we still had to do a few shows with seven dust and it was right on my belt line. You just oh. straight missed a spot with the sunscreen, dude. <laughs> you missed like, the t like this like quarter size spot and we're in the direct sun. And it just tore you up. <laughs> yeah. We hey, learned uh, a lot on that ship. Slayer. <laughs> yeah, we learned a lot on that ship. Well, a lot of people, including myself, always the halftime show was always so much fun because it was just yeah, confetti was and chaos. And uh, that'll always stick out in a lot of people's minds as their favorite moment, regardless of what other bands would play. That's because it was just like, what the fuck is this and this is crazy and awesome and this is our halftime show and it just kills it was it was fucking great so that's my favorite wilson moment um on board but scott schaefer wants to know whose idea was the the women's bikinis not ours uh, I, don't, I think it was one of the, one of the 
It wasn't yours? It might have been Christine's. No, it might, I, I, no, it might I have been Christine's <laughs> or, yeah, maybe it was. It was somebody from the ships. It might have been Christine or Mike's idea because we had to do press. I know we did something because they wanted to do a video. Maybe it was you, Justin. Somebody gave them to us or like, we should oh, get this. Oh, and been like, bye, guys. Somebody else decided it for us and we were like, okay. I'll sure. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the whole point of Wilson though, dude, is like, we always said, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Poop yeah. Get the people yet. what they want. Hey, hey Aaron, had, Aaron had a really good question. This is, I, I would like to know, what's the weirdest, not the, what's the weirdest band you ever opened for? Valiant Thor? Like, was it? <laughs> no. Got like weird what? Like oh. in the sense of like, why are we opening for this band? Van Margera's Fuckface Unstoppable. <laughs> that was weird. What, uh, 30 nights what, in a row? When someone what, was that? <laughs> uh, what was Bam Bangera's band? Uh, Fuckface Unstoppable. Mm -hmm. Is that his? It's a band. Yeah, yeah. Bam Margera uh, is the lead singer, uh, and the rest of yeah. the members are all of the members featured in another band called CKY. Oh, okay, got you. So CKY. But what was so? What can I ask? What was this, took you strange? Well, uh. <laughs> it's just strange when when Bam Margera is just like standing on stage and and he gets on his knees. Um, and he pulls this electric thing out of his pocket, and then he tases a nutsack in front of everybody. That's like kind of a weird thing to open. <laughs> I should really... probably precursor this just a little bit, Kyle, so he could give like some sort of like uh, something to chew on here. So he that. said yes, obviously, to the tour because it's Bam Margera. All of us like grew up with watching Jackass in the CKY videos. So we're like, what, what? He wants to take us on a tour? We're in, right? But we had no idea what Fuckface Unstoppable was. All we knew was it's Bam Margera, his brother, uh, from CKY, one of the other CKY guys, some of the Jackass guys, and they're going on tour to play shows. They want you to open. And we're like, sure. Yes. When we get up, there, you know? <laughs> when we get there to the first show in Minneapolis, we realized really quick, I mean, immediately, that this was going to be a nosedive into the pavement for them every night. All they did was basically incredible nosedive, but all they did was play clutch songs and some covers of other shit and uh they brought uh novak, novak out who was immensely on uh, uh addicted to heroin at the time in the first literally the first five minutes of walking into Pretty the sure venue to in. now so shout out yeah he is the first five minutes that we walk into the venue i was the tour manager for the band at the time too so i was walking in to figure out where do we load in what's going on this guy walks directly up to me as I'm like waiting for somebody to show up, he's like, hey man, you got any Oxycontin? <laughs> I was like, uh, what? No, nah, no, no, Will was with us. That's right, Will was tour managing us then. Uh, he's like, hey, Will, Will asked me to go over there and, and walk over there. Hey, just walk over there and see what he says to you. And I said, okay, so I'll walk over there. And he's like, hey man, you got any Oxycontin? And I'm like, uh-uh, no, um, I'm, uh, see you later. And I walked out and I went back to Will and that's when I went to the guys. I'm like, this is going to be weird, man. And, uh, I mean, I'll let Jason tell you about all the dicks and balls and stuff we saw, but yeah, it was great. Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say, well, that so first show and then about four shows later, we were running late to a venue and it took us 17 hours to get there, drove through the night. And it was like in a Billings, Montana. It was like a saloon kind of bar. Okay. And, and pull it was up snowing. 
yeah, like, it, the it was, hardest. It was terrible. Like this whole tour fucking sucked with weather, but like, so it was snowing terribly. It took us forever to get there. We, you know, we show up about 15 minutes before we're supposed to go on. We're unloading our equipment and we all look up and it's just Novak completely naked, just <laughs> playing, with, playing with his, his tiny penis in front of all these people and no one cares. Like everyone's just like, <laughs> like there's no shocker awe. Yeah. yeah it, it was just like I didn't I came here to see Bam Margera's face in person. I didn't come here to see this little dick in my face. I think. Yeah, that that was and that was before we even got to Canada. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, oh, yeah. that was like Was it wintertime? Could that gonna be would that be acceptable for a small penis? Was it cold? Yeah. Or was it no, no, it's just small. I had oxycontin penis, I guess. I yeah, know. it it was just a whole weird thing, dude. That whole tour, I, I think, should go down in history as like, I don't think there's another tour in that level of a band's career. I mean, we're talking like 400, 500 cap rooms, dude. We're not talking like this is like an amphitheater tour, Guns N' Roses style. This is like the shittiest rooms you could possibly play. Yeah. And here we are watching what can be easily described as illegal activities on stage every night. I mean, these dudes brought two chicks. Um, I shouldn't even brought that, but these there was two chicks that would just show up to every single show and they would bang them in like never showered. And then all of a sudden one day, dude, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but one day these two dudes dressed like Zach Galifianakis showed up. And then they never stopped showing up. Two fucking dudes dressed like Zach Galifianakis every day. And then Bam paid Very attention and brought them on stage. Now. We ended up becoming good friends with these guys. We lived in Las Vegas. Vegas yeah, time. we stayed with them in, in a mansion because they were just street performers who had made bank. Because uh, this is during the period of time that um, the uh, Hangover movies were like, yeah. super popular. Yeah, it was weird, man. Well. Aaron, Sorry. there you go. It's uh, Bam Majera's. What was the name of this, the group again? The what? Fuckface Unstoppable. Fun Fuckface Unstoppable. Uh, yeah. We I thought you were gonna say Funface. I'm like, no, it's Fuckface. It's Fuckface <laughs> no, it's Unstoppable. Fuckface. <laughs> so real quick before we get into uh, walk the plank segment, um, guys, I'll ask you. This is like a rudimentary question, but what was your early influences, Kyle? My early early influences ranged from Van Halen to Blink-182. Like, that's what I was trying to play in my first week of playing guitar. Mm -hmm. um, Just a combination that. of the two? Yeah, I loved 80s metal, and I mm -hmm. also really loved, like, 90s punk. And by that, I mean Blink-182. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dude ranch. Early influences. All day. <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. Okay. Uh, no, it's funny in there. I mean, I could go on, you know. But, yeah, uh, sure. But I mean, I mean, listen, that's for a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people, guitarists hear Van Halen and go, fuck. But then they go yeah. blink and go, oh, I can play that. Yeah. And then eventually well, you learn I mean, how to play Van Halen. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. And you can yeah. do that. Like, And then you can get better at it and better at it. Yeah. Try different things with it but simple tapping is is a, a thing that you can do that sounds pretty cool and it's mm -hmm. fairly easy you can even do it behind your head and if you're a guitar player that's just learning how to play that's something you might want to learn as a cool little party trick and it'll kind of make you want to keep playing you know because you okay. got a little party trick up your sleeve you know it's like um, <laughs> all right guys there you go 
Uh, Jason, how about you, bud? <laughs> Party trick. Um, I, I was just trying to think of a few. Uh, well, same thing as ben Kyle. It's like, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> He's way more right. than a party trick. But yeah. Kyle showed up at parties with guitars. <laughs> Eddie Van Halen is not more than a party trick. I didn't, you didn't hear from Sorry. me. I'm yeah, he's the, he's the whole shebang. So. Too soon. I mean, for me, for me, a lot of it was uh, 90s alternative. Okay. 90s alternative and then, uh, you know, the stuff that my dad was listening to, which was uh, Skinner, Billy Squire, Led Zeppelin, the name of few. You know, that's the same thing with Van Halen. It's like when I heard Jimmy Page's guitar, I was like, okay, that sounds cool, but I just don't know how to do it. And then I found myself into punk rock. And then uh, I was learning every Green Day song I possibly could because I discovered how to read tabs. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, metalcore became a thing, like the New England metalcore scene with uh, like Lamb of God, Kill Switch. And that's what kind of got me into the heavier stuff. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 90s alternative, some of the old. 80s 70s stuff and then uh, a lot of like heavy metalcore stuff kind of is what uh, influenced me for sure okay i was also a lot of people have been mentioning your uh, whiplash uh vinyl back there oh yeah <laughs> uh michael mobius gave that to me as a gift when we were in sweden oh that's cool i was nice. super jealous i gotta that. say i'm not nearly the metallica fan that jason is but i was like oh my god that's amazing because that that vinyl um, was signed by every member of Metallica. Jason? Uh, not, not, not everyone. Three, three of the four. Oh, three of the four? Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll be grabbing it. Sign it. Who didn't Think? sign it? Yeah, who didn't sign it? Kurt. Let's kick their ass. Kurt didn't sign it? What a prick. No. I think Mike Mobius can verify this, but from what I've got, I, there's uh, James, Lars, and Cliff. As long as you got Cliff. Yeah. No, but this Kirk. was signed on the night that Cliff died at that concert. What? Yep. He left that concert and died yeah. in Sweden that night. So, and he gave that to Jason as a gift when we were staying with him in Sweden. It was a pretty unbelievable gift. I was like, that is so cool. My God. Hey, <laughs> yeah. real quick story. Uh, uh, speaking of ship rockers and Metallica, and I mean, that's hugely generous uh, what Mike did. But uh, you guys know Wayne, right? Wayne Summers? English kid? Yeah. yeah. He, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, that Master of Puppets backdrop when they were out with Ozzy got stolen, right? Years back. He f- he was able to f- track it down online and bought it for the band. Huh. No, and, and gave pres- it back pres- to them. Presented it to him, and they they loaded him up with guitars and all kinds of because he's a Metallica fanatic. But the fact that that occurred is yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. That that right there, those are some music loving fools to kind of pull that kind of stuff off. So that's amazing. Uh, not, yeah. Gee, Chad, I don't know, Chad, you and I talk all the time, but sometimes I don't know what what got you got you started. Uh, the short answer is Nirvana. The, the deepest answer that I can give is uh, the first record that I ever heard that wasn't what my dad and I listened to, which would be Thin Lizzy and, and the Black Crows and things like that. That's what I that was played in the garage and what I like knew of music growing up. The once I heard Nirvana in the toadies, it was like 
all over for me. I wanted to play guitar. So I started playing guitar. That's how I learned music was through those two bands. That changed uh, as I went on. I was really into... Um, I mean, always been into the, like Jason said, the 90s rock. Uh, I skew towards a certain area of it. Uh, and from there, I I found bands, found acts like the Beastie Boys, uh, which was like a massive, a massive thing for me uh, when I was in specifically high school, like early high school. Um, and, you know, from there, I was introduced to things like Wu-Tang and all the different uh, early versions of 90s hip hop that was happening. I, I moved from there easily into the, Jason said the new metal thing. Uh, I was, he said screamo. I was into like, you know, Lim, well, I'm still into Limp Bizkit, but I got real weird with the new metal. Like I, I was the guy who like uh, bought a- acts that like were signed for like a developmental deal on Roadrunner Records and no one ever heard of type sort of thing. Uh, I just love the idea of what the guitar did for me and what hip hop did for me. And when okay. I was listening to them talk about our influences, I just wanted to circle back real quick and say, because I, I was like, man, I know what mine are. I, I'm trying to think of what I know Kyle loved I know you love Van Halen. I know everything about Jason's love for Metallica. But then I started thinking about that early question about Tasty Nasty. And I was like, we reverted to our our teenage selves, the versions of what made us make, why we made music, the curiosity of it all uh, is what really drove Wilson, I think, is the curiosity of it all. Not just Tasty Nasty, but what it meant to be that, to be that kid again, you know, in everything we ever did. I think, yeah. at least me, now that I think about it. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you on that, guys. I hope that lets some people out there know where you guys kind of came up with this stuff. What inspired you? So, guys, we're going to do a thing called Walk the Plank. Walk the Plank. Walk the Plank. It's one question per. doesn't really pertain to music. It's just going to be a random question. You guys give it your, your best answer. Don't have to overthink it. Just something. So, I'll ask you first, Kyle. It says, uh, if you could have a view from your back porch... Of any place in the world, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, it's funny that you just said that because then I just looked up at this picture on my wall right here. Uh, I'm a Cozumel. It's a great oh, wow. time. All but, right. Um, <laughs> it's from, that's uh, Cozumel shit. That was from uh, not even Shipwrecked. I believe that motorboat. was Motorboat, wasn't it? That was Motorboat. Motorboat, yeah. All right. Well... Let's see. A view in my backyard. Um, just like a ton of trees and some okay. hills. And that's all I can see. Because I got like 10 acres back there. Just blocking me from everybody else. That'd be, that'd be awesome. In Michigan. Pretty close to where I'm at right now. Okay, so just a Michigan... With some trees and some hills, mountains, just something really outdoorsy and wilderness. Yeah, no mountains. Kyle's neighbors are listening no to mountains. this. Okay. That's directly towards you. He's yeah. like, I just want to. I just want my neighbors to go away. My neighborhood. <laughs> if you knock down all the other houses and just let nature take over, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. All right, uh, Jason, what did you do? Uh, what did you do when you're young the mo- to get in trouble the most? Oh. I got, uh, I brought a knife to middle school and I got expelled. Were you doing it to, uh, <laughs> were, you, were you under threat from uh, getting beat up by someone? Yes, someone yeah. Okay. To make a long story short, I mean, yeah, I know it came out, it came out very hot on that, but I was, uh, I was, I was, 
I was bullied a lot when I was younger and I wasn't, I didn't intend to use it. It was more of a scare tactic because I thought I was going to get jumped by like five football players essentially. So I, uh, you know, I was the weird kid and, uh, I talked, I told, I told someone I had it on me and then he ratted me out. And then sure enough, I got called down to the principal's office and one thing led to another, I got expelled, but it was actually a very, um, life-changing event for me. I was, uh, you know, a lot of the kids, even when I was in middle school, that group of kids that I, you know, went to high school with later, but later on in life, you know, a few of them ended up passing away from overdoses and stuff. So I think it was a sign anyway, but that, that was the, uh, the significant moment of the most trouble I got when I was younger. Okay. Did you stab Edge. that dude? <laughs> Edge blade. Yeah. Why, why the guy rat you out? Was he a friend of yours or was he just like, he, wow, I've got information. I got to tell somebody. Yeah, I think he was doing the thing where he's like, he was my buddy, and he was like, man, I'm on your side. So I think he was trying to essentially scare them by being like, he's got a knife, dude. Oh, God. That kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. But yeah, I never had any intention of using it. I was just okay. a 13-year-old kid that was yeah. uh, scared of getting my ass kicked by a bunch of people. There you go. Hey, understandable. All right, Chad, let's see what we got here, buddy. Um, wh- which of your personality traits would you like to change the most? Um, many of them, the one that I, I think that I, I can pinpoint is patience. I would like to be more, I'd like to figure out how to be okay with being patient. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, if 2020 didn't teach you that, well, yeah. Anyway, well guys, listen, it's, we've been with you guys for over an hour. This has been a really great and enjoyable Ooh. time for us. And the ship rockers, uh, been amazing. They've been stoked that you guys have been here. And, um, obviously, you know, the question always pops up, when are you guys going to get back together? We don't know if that'll ever happen guys, but if it does, we're definitely going to invite a to get them on that little boat. We do. That'd be kind of fun, huh? But, uh, we'll cross that path. In the- yeah. I think we could, I think that that would be fun too. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, Alan, what do you think? But that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Guys think that'd be fun. Want to take the wise on a vacation? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> wait, wait. Sun and partying? Yeah. Get that noise. <laughs> we get, anyway, we get guys. Cover set. We hate each other too much. There you go. It could never happen, you know? All right, guys. Well, listen, thank you again so much. Remember, guys, uh, the 29th of this month, it's Thank You, Good Night Live. It'll be available for uh, purchase uh, through, and I think through streaming. So iTunes and then um, pretty much streaming, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the pre-orders are on the 9th. Pre-orders on the 19th? 19th, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want a, a, you want a little taste uh, of what they got going, check it. Yeah, there you go. Check out uh, Dump Truck. It's now available on uh, you know streaming, Spotify, iTunes, that kind of thing. Um, also, check out Prescribed Fires on Spotify and uh, Lost for Life. They got a new song coming out this Friday. Uh, and really, guys, thank you so much. Let me do some quick housekeeping before I say goodbye. For, uh, guys, um, remember, Ship Rocks, I know we are all supposed to pack up and go head down to Miami next week, but uh, hey, it is what it is. So we'll see you this time again in 2022, which means we still have some cabins for you. So if you guys are still looking for a cabin for Shiprock 2022, those are available. Go to shiprock.com for those. Um, you can also go to ask4ent.com store and look at some of our new merchandise um, that is pretty much brand new. So we got hoodies, leggings, t-shirts. The fuck 2020 shirt is still available. So grab those. They're limited. Um, 
that's about it as far as that's concerned. Um, so on behalf of myself, Chad, Kyle, and Jason from Wilson, um, we want to thank you guys for tuning in tonight for this very special night. Um, guys, if you are checking us out, and we're going to go back to our regular podcast format next week, um, go find us, subscribe to us, rate, review us, and then tell all your friends about uh, Making Waves. Um, this year is going to be super busy for Making Waves. We're going to do a lot more of these live streams because we certainly do enjoy them. We love the, we love the camaraderie of having you guys online with us. And um, really, thanks, Wilson, for all your war stories tonight. It's been fantastic. Thanks and, to uh, Shiprock. Seriously, yeah, yeah, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't. We wouldn't even have probably done half the things, if any, of the things that we did without the ship. So thanks for everything that you've provided yeah. uh, for us. Even even the friendships that we have today. Yeah, uh, they still speak volumes from because of your uh, loyalty and trust in in the fuckery. So all you shiprockers yeah. out there, we love you very yeah. much. You, you guys didn't realize you were going to enter this this new term into the lexicon for a lot of people was fuckery. I don't think I didn't even existed it before. And then I found out I was like fuckery. That's a great fucking. How did I not know that word? But that's fantastic. So <laughs> if there's anything I got from it's Wilson, I got fuckery. So thank the Lord. Um, Kyle, Jason, best to your families. Best to everything. Best of luck in 2021 as you go ahead with your musical projects and obviously your your day-to-day uh, -day jobs and life. So good luck with that stuff, guys. Um, on behalf of myself, again, Chad, um, our show producer, Al, um, our show coordinator, Heather Smith, our engineer, Jennifer Zito, and of course, the captain, Alan Koenig. Uh, thank you again for coming here. And uh, we are part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast family. So guys, remember to uh, rock hard and vacation harder. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you, uh, we'll see you next time, okay? Thanks. Bye. 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 Thank you, Thank guys. You. Thanks for doing this, guys. Seriously. Yeah, guys. Thanks that for watching. Uh, that was fun. Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear. The people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments. The ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember. The ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.